Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we are going to talk to Max Murphy of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, rating player of the year in the American Association as he signed another contract to stay with the team. And then Megan Walter and Abby Ackland, two members of Team Wildcard 3, coming into the Scotties later on in February in Kamloops. They'll join me to talk about getting to their first ever Women's National Championship on the podcast. A good day for the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. As they've announced that last year's American Association Player of the Year, Max Murphy, has re-signed with the club. Hit 308 while leading the league with 31 home runs, 97 RBI, and 242 total bases last season, a second with the fish. But the first real season here, you may remember the 2021 campaign, the team spent a lot of it playing in the U.S. and then Finally, in August of that year, they were able to come up and play home games at Shaw Park. 30-year-old season. It came to a premature end during Game 1 of the West Division playoffs here in Winnipeg. He fractured his left tibia and fibula in a home plate collision. I caught up with the native of Robbinsdale, Minnesota earlier today and started by asking him how it feels to be locked in for another year with the Gold Eyes. Uh, it feels really, really good. I mean, I loved playing here last year. It was kind of my first full experience playing in Winnipeg and um, just a good atmosphere and a good city to play in. Did you know anything about Winnipeg before you got here? Uh, Yeah, I had played uh, against Winnipeg for two seasons, so I kind of knew what it was like, and that's actually why I wanted to come here after the St. Paul Saints um, left the league is in my opinion, it was the Saints were probably the best option for me to go, and then Winnipeg was was next on the list. So for you then, you know, you're from Minnesota, but did you ever spend time up here when you were growing up? No, not really. Uh, the only time I'd come up, uh, I'd come up to ice fish um, before I had ever come up here to play, and that was about it. How's the ice fishing? Uh, sometimes it's, it's good. Uh, sometimes it's not so good, but overall it is, it's really good. It's a destination place for a lot of Americans to come walleye fishing. Take me through your season last year. You're named player of the year in the American association. And then you break your leg in game one of the playoffs. What, when you look back at 2022, how do you feel about how it all went? Um, is I I'd say it was a lot of it was kind of like gradually built up into a really good season. Um, at the end of the year, looking back, I, it obviously I had a great year, but I think it was pretty slow at the beginning, uh, slower than a lot of my other seasons have been. Um, but really, the only thing that I had going for me consistently the whole year was the power and. Kind of towards the end of the season, I started hitting more as well as hitting home runs still and ended up being obviously the best season of my career. And then it's kind of uh, kind of crazy that when that happened in my career, I ended up having the worst injury by far that I've ever experienced ever in life. And it kind of, uh, I don't know, it's, it's really odd that way. I don't really know any other way to describe it. 
On the topic of the power, did you know that was coming? Because heading into this season, your previous career high for, for Dingers was was 17. Now that was in 50 games and not 100, but still, did what changed last year that, that you found that stroke? Um, well, a lot of things, I think, came together. Uh, it was really the first season where I've had the power and I nothing ended up happening during the season. Like in 17, I ended up getting picked up and I went to another, obviously I went to another team and then things kind of completely changed. I've had years in the past where I ended up getting hurt after having promising starts and stuff like that. So it was really just having a good setup in Winnipeg and being able to just keep things consistent the entire season. That really just helped me a lot. In terms of the batting average, that, that's been there kind of consistently. You batted 343 in 50 games back in 2019, 307, and then 308 in your two years in Winnipeg. Uh, is there anything about Shaw Park that has lent you to, to find that stroke? Is, or a lot of the ball diamonds in the American Association uh, fairly similar? I've only been to Shaw Park. I haven't traveled a, a, across the A to see what else is out there. Yeah, so... When you start talking to a lot of guys that have played for a long time, you realize that it's not really so much the park as far as the distance that the fence is, even though that does play a role. It's it's more how each hitter sees the ball. And for me, I've always seen the ball. Like when the pitcher's pitching, it, I can see the baseball really well at Shaw Park. And there's a few places in the league that are that way for me. And then there are a few places where I just struggle to see it. And the numbers really show that now that I've played in the league for four or five seasons, I think there's a pretty clear pattern on where I, where I see it and where I don't see it. What do you think of Winnipeg as a baseball destination? Yeah. I mean, it's different than, a lot of places in the States, but I think it's actually better just because there's not as many places in Canada that have baseball and have a team. So it ends up being a really good place to come play because the fans like for them, this is baseball. Whereas in the States you have a lot of other minor league teams, you have college summer teams, you have big league teams. So it's a smaller venue, but I think we get a lot of fans and it's just fun for the, the players that do end up coming and playing here. When you're not playing baseball, do you have time to go out and enjoy the city during the summer? Or are you just so busy with traveling and playing every day that you don't really get that opportunity? Uh, I don't get too much of the opportunity. I like to, uh, I like to check out some of the good restaurants and um, I know burger week is always one of my favorite times of the year later in the year that's a good one to just check out all the fancy burgers at the places that are around the uh, downtown area and for for you in terms of your baseball career you've been all over the place how do you feel your baseball career has gone to this point now that you're in your 30s um 
I would say it's it's been good. Overall, it's been good. It's uh, There's been a lot of ups and downs um, and really a lot of learning. Um, I think when I was younger, I always had the talent. And as I've gotten older, it's kind of just been learning to consistently use that talent. And that's kind of where I struggled when I was um, with the twins and the minor leagues is I just couldn't really figure that out and figure out how to do it when you have to play every single day. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice being able to do it now. And I, I, I am able to play really well and it's fun, but it would have been, it will always would have been nice to do it when I was younger and seeing if I uh, could have got at least a shot at playing in the big leagues. But so it's been good. So is there a hint of regret then? Uh, not really regret. It's kind of just learning, you know, you don't know what you know until you know it. So I don't know how it could have gone any other way. I've asked you a lot about your hitting, your defense as a, as an outfielder. How much pride do you take in your defense? Oh, I, I take a ton of pride in that. Um, it's kind of it's pretty overlooked, you know, as a, I mean, I play right field and, kind of an overlooked position and you don't see as for a normal fan just going to a game as long as the outfielder really doesn't drop a fly ball you don't really notice but for me I, I pride myself on just being a player that makes all the plays and doesn't make bad errors doesn't make throwing errors and tries to hold the runners from wanting to run and I mean, I think if you can do that as a corner outfielder, you're a really good one. Talking with uh, Winnipeg Goldeyes outfielder Max Murphy, just signed a deal with the Goldeyes to return the reigning American Association Player of the Year. What's more satisfying, hitting a home run or throwing someone out at home, making a dive and catch? What's the most satisfying, if you could pick one? Uh, Nothing is more satisfying to me than hitting a home run. Okay. Even though you usually you do it more often than throwing a guy out or making a diving play, it's just to me, ever since I was a little kid, the feeling of hitting the ball and knowing it's going over the fence is the best feeling. Just when you know you've connected, there's nothing like it, right? Yep. Before I let you go, I got to ask uh, about your, your injury. In the moment, what do you remember how it happened? Do you have memories or cause sometimes when, when people have injuries like this, they don't, they don't remember what happened. Do you, can you take me back to that moment? Yeah. So I remember the whole thing. Um, I remember cause I was running in and I was going hard and, and it was kind of like, I was expecting the ball to be there before it ended up being there if that makes sense. So it kind of surprised me that the pitcher hadn't ended up throwing it home and, like, I didn't see the catcher moving to get it. So I was going to try and, like, run behind him. And it ended up just, like, I saw a flash of the ball, like, way up high, like, above my brim, and then he just dove for it and just went right into my leg. And I flipped, and I just remember the. Like, nothing hurt initially, but I remember feeling 
in my leg like I had never, nothing had ever hit my body as hard as the feeling that it, that I got when I he just connected with my leg. And uh, it wasn't until I landed and then reached down and grabbed it that I realized it was broken. And what was the rehab process like? Uh, it was just slow. Um, it actually, a lot. once I'm able to, everything that I've been able to do, once I've been able to start doing, it's progressed really, really fast. It's just, you know, giving the bone and my joints, my both my ankle and my knee was just giving them time to to heal. And then once once they slowly, slowly healed, it was um, things just progressed pretty fast from there. So when would you say you were a hundred percent? Um, well, I'm not 100% right now. I'm 100% to hit. I'm 100% to throw. Um, I just, I can't run 100%. That's the only thing, but I got three more months and things are progressing pretty quickly with that. So I really have no concerns about it at this point. And finally, Greg Taggart is the new manager of the Winnipeg Gold Eyes. What have your early conversations been like with him? They've been really good. Um, I mean, he's a great guy. He's a good guy to talk to. And, uh, I mean, he has a ton of experience. And he's a guy who wants to come in and he wants to do a good job. He wants to bring in good players. And he really wants to win. So, I mean... I'm old, older now, one of the older guys, and really I'm still playing because I want to win. Uh, I want to win another championship. Well, Max, I appreciate you taking time to talk to me today. Thanks for this, and uh, best of luck as you head into the season. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Curling Canada has finalized the schedule for the 2023 Scotties in Kamloops and Wildcard 3. One of four teams from Manitoba that will be taking part in the event. Megan Walter, Abby Ackland, Sarah Oliver, Mackenzie Elias make up this team. And we are pleased to be joined by Megan and Abby on the CJOB Sports Show. Uh, Welcome this evening. And first of all, uh, Curling Canada said it's Megan Walter's skip team. At the recent Scotties here in Manitoba, it was Team Abby Ackland. So I must ask, whose team is it? Abby, you want to take this one? (laughs) It's Megan's team. Megan's skipping and throwing last rock. We made that switch about six weeks ago, but we just wanted to test it out, and it's been working, I think, extremely well. So we are officially Team Megan Walter now. All right. So, Megan, I'll I'll start with you then. How does it feel to know that you're going to the Scotties Tournament of Hearts this year? Uh, Yeah, it's super exciting. I think um, all of our hard work as a brand-new team this season has really paid off. Our goal was to obviously make the Manitoba Scotties final and we did that and uh, with our event qualification um, earlier in the season that secured us a spot with a wild card and a home and win so I think it's uh, we're very proud of the team. Abby for you at the Scotties this past week you had to win a tiebreaker over Beth Peterson to get into the playoffs and then you beat Caitlin Laws to get to the final. What did those wins do for the confidence of this team heading into this uh, big national tournament? Yeah, I think um, it obviously was a huge boost. I think we are pretty disappointed with some early losses. And I think coming back and taking the very long way 
back to the finals just showed us that we're resilient and we're a young and good team and we have it in us. We just have to believe that. And it definitely helped a lot getting those wins under our belt and gaining that confidence, knowing that we can compete with the best of them. Megan, you're going up against some of the top teams in Canada playing in this province to, to be the fourth team out of this province, I think says a lot about the, the competition here. Do you think, you, you know, you get a, a really good warm up for the Scotties playing in the Manitoba Scotties? Yeah, I definitely think we do. Um, we've been up against the best teams in the world this season, and we've come on top in a lot of our games. We've also fallen short, as we did this week. But, um, yeah, playing all the top teams in Manitoba really gave us a nice boost for the Nationals and gives us a little taste of what we're going to get ourselves into. And our second game is against Jennifer Jones, so we get a little bit of a rematch back against her. Abby, for you, what's the next couple weeks look like as you gear up for this event? I think just uh, a lot of practice, um, just discussing and going over kind of some good lessons that we learned at um, our provincial level and just really getting out and getting some repetitive throws in, really, and and also resting because we had quite a long week at provincials. So I think we just also need a couple days of relaxing, regrouping, and recharging. What was it like, Megan, playing in the Manitoba Scotties in East St. Paul, and that's where you're from? Yeah, it was honestly a great memory um, to have as East St. Paul is our home club. Um, playing there, it's been a kind of a work in progress over the last three years since the COVID pandemic, and they put on a fantastic event, and I think we've really felt the support from the whole town that week. And, Megan, I'll follow up by asking you, how much do you think your experience playing at the World Mixed Curling Championship, winning gold back in 2019, how much do you think that prepares you for this, what I figure is probably the biggest tournament of your life so far? Yes. Um, yeah, it definitely prepares you. Uh, playing in high-pressure games always will uh, give you a good good reading on how you'll perform in future events like that. And I think uh, just our calmness throughout our week at the Scotties and into the final really helped us. I mean, we did fall short, but that's okay. We Our goal was to make the final, and that's what we did. So I think we should be very proud of our performance that week. Abby, what changed when you went to third and Megan started calling the shots and throwing fourth? Um, I think uh, mostly just dynamics out there. I think um, everybody has their own personalities on the ice, and I think it's just one of those things that when you have four people, you just try and find what works best for your team. And um, having Meg at the skip position just worked really well for us, and she's very good under pressure. So I think that also helped. Um, she just has that um, calmness about her when making those big shots, and I think that that's taken us pretty far. So Take me back, Abby, to when the team was put together at the start of the quadrennial, every team basically changed players in the country pretty much. Why did Megan's skill set appeal to you in adding her to your team? Um, I think Sarah Oliver was really the one who brought us together initially. Um, I had known of Mackenzie and Megan from previous seasons, but Sarah was really the one who kind of initiated the team and when we got to talking about it more, I felt like Megan at the time when we were making it would would be a really strong third and that um, having her and Mackenzie 
in the positions that we were going to have them in, that we would just be a really strong young team. And, and also what we liked was that we were all uh, in a younger age group and all really wanting to work towards some pretty big goals like making Scotties the national events and potentially the Olympics and the Grand Slams. And I think having everybody on the same page and committed and dedicated was a really huge part about forming the new young team that we did. And for you, Megan, making that jump to that team, was that a hard decision for you or did it make a lot of sense? No, it, it made a lot of sense. Um, I don't think uh, Ken's and I really thought too hard on it. We definitely knew Sarah and Abby and how good that they were as players individually and when they played together. Um, so I think it was a very easy decision for us. And we have a lot of the similar personalities, so we know how to deal with each other on and off the ice. And we have, honestly, a great time doing both. <laughs> I also have to ask, Megan, because you're going to be turning 21 during this tournament, are you not? I will be, yes. Yes. You're <laughs> playing Rachel home in the morning of your birthday. What's that going to be like? Uh, you know what? Just another game, I think. Uh, <laughs> I There's not really, I don't think, anything too special about it. Just try to get a win on my birthday, and I think I'll be a pretty happy girl. Do you have you guys talked at all as a team about what your expectations are for this tournament? Abby, I'll start with you. Um, we haven't really gone over. We usually do um, long-term goals for um, our events that we plan, and we haven't quite got there yet. But um, I think for me personally, I usually always have I set fairly high goals. I feel like, but I would like to qualify for sure and make the page playoffs. Um, that's definitely a goal of mine. I, I feel like that would be a huge accomplishment. And I feel like how strong we've been playing. I think that's very attainable for our team. Megan, what do you think? I couldn't agree more. I think every, uh, event that we have set goals for, we've almost accomplished them, if not more so. And we've had to remake some goals. So I think we're definitely capable of making playoffs if we put our minds to it and, uh, play persistently. Have you looked at who's in your pool and, and kind of thought about who you have to beat to get there? And for those listening, a reminder, who's in pool B, Ontario, Tracy Fleury, you got Jennifer Jones, Casey Scheidegger, Andrea Kelly, uh, Kerry Galusha, Krista McCarville. The latter of three made the page qualifiers last year. New Brunswick and Northern Ontario were the 1-2 game last year in the page playoffs, as well as Newfoundland, Labrador, Haley, Bernie. It's a pretty stacked pool, isn't it, Megan? Yeah, it's a pretty strong pool, and I don't think... We're scared of it at all. We've gone up against most of these teams this season in past events, so I think we are ready to take on whoever and just play our game, and we'll go from there. Abby, how much does it help having that experience playing against these teams on the tour now and what the Grand Slam has allowed teams to be able to, to scout each other more? Yeah, I think it's just um, nice to be familiar with everybody, and um, I think the biggest thing for a team coming into the Slams and the national events is just really I think we have had to just take a second and believe that we are meant to be there and we've worked our butts off this season and we deserve to be there so I think it's just also knowing that yeah we are meant to be there as well and being familiar is just a bonus well I wish you both the best of luck in your maiden voyage to the national championship first of I assume several because Manitoba is just flooded with talent year after year Uh, So appreciate you both coming on the show tonight. Thanks for this. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. 
Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the days. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your